Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and Trevor here with Assault on Precinct 13. May I have your attention, please? They're coming to get you, Barbara. I, I don't know what to do anymore. Horror. Something even more terrible than you. Yeah, this was another one we checked off the next mega movie must see before I die list. <laughs> I'm still on the fence if I should put if before I die. I was gonna list. say I missed the before I die part. I I say it mentally. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, if I die not seeing some of these movies, like that'd be a real bummer. If you haven't seen Waking Dead Divine by the time you die, yeah, I think you'll be okay. I've heard different. See, that's the thing. Is so I, I've showed this list to a couple of people, and everyone is that every, the one they pick out. Uh, like I, th- I think Jenny picked that one out. She was like, "Oh my god, like this is a great one." Because <laughs> okay. I think my phone. I was trying. I was typing all these fast, and so I think I have it. I had it in there as like walking Ned Divine. And she was like, "I think you mean waking." And I was like, "I definitely do." But like everyone I've showed the list to has like they gravitate towards different things. There's a couple which, where they're like, "Nah, you're fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, it kind of resonated with yeah, me yeah, that yeah, I yeah. should see it. And then they're like, yeah. "Oh, but you gotta add this one." I'm like, yeah. "All right, I'll you know." Nah constantly adding adding to it you should see all new movies whatever <laughs> there are there are a couple new uh, new movies like i think this week we're gonna try to watch uh all quiet on the western front Ooh. uh i haven't seen that one no um and it just won like a, bun- a bunch of oscars four yeah yeah and then a bunch of baftas it won like all the baftas as well it would um, it, it those would. germans would it win would. a bunch of baftas <laughs> that makes that makes all the sense in the world it would uh but one so the so we got to check off uh, let me actually pull this list up. Um, Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, directed by John Carpenter. Yes. 1976. Guess the budget of this movie. Just ballpark. 150000 Close. $100,000. Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? It yeah. feels like it, it feels like a real... I mean, that, and that's $100,000 in 1976. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. That's kind of a wild... Um, kind of a wild there it is there's my there's my movie list mm-hmm. so yeah we got to check that off we got video drone checked off uh hush rush hush rush <laughs> hush rush mush yeah. hush amelie um yeah and i actually have this uh right next to uh escape from new york so yes I, when i was making the list sometimes I, I'll, I'll think of like directors and like what movies they hadn't seen and mm-hmm. um this was one of them yeah we yeah, i think we, we we were like you were like which one should i watch escape or assault i was like well you should probably start with assault and then kind of like watch the progression yeah this was because this was um 1976 so this was before halloween where mm-hmm. i think a lot of people's like if you're gonna watch john carpenter you start with halloween yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you know then you kind of like you know navigate or navigate around yeah um th- what's cool about this one i thought right off the right off the you know the top was um it doesn't feel like a john carpenter movie really does that make sense? Like it, it feels Kinda. like the least like a John Carpenter, and I don't even know how to really articulate what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? It just, it just, it doesn't feel. And, I, and it might just be because it's not your your mm. straight up horror. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not you know vampires. You lived with all the horror ones for so long. Yeah. So when he does something that is a, you know a remake of a of a western. Yeah, basically. Um, it feels a little different. But in a great way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to think like how to compare it, and it's kind of like you know if I walk into an ice cream shop, I'm getting cookies and cream. Yeah. Every now and then I'm gonna get that butter pecan and a salt of precinct thirteen. <laughs> felt pecan. like yeah, it butter felt like the butter pecan. pecan. <laughs> like I love you. I'll get you all the time. Yeah. And what I do, I I really enjoy it. I see you over there. I'll get you. So you had seen this movie before? Lots, yeah, yeah, lots or of times. Lots of times. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the first time no. watching it? No, I was probably disappointed. 
because it, it took me a while to get into John Carpenter for sure. Oh, really? What yeah. do you mean? Like what? I'd watch I'd watch some of his movies and be like, that was okay. I don't quite get it. Okay. But then like I'd come back to him a few years later and be like, oh shit, this is this is the master. And th- and then I named like one of my kids' middle names is Carpenter, so it's kind of like <laughs> so, so he really he, he really found his footing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like penance for like not liking him before that. But uh, yeah, I don't know when I when I watched it, but I remember the the whole the whole buzz was about that opening with the girl at the ice cream. That is that is quite that's like the one is like oh shit that's. This movie's real. <laughs> like this movie's not messing around at all. So for those who haven't seen Assault yes. Precinct, let me let me let me give you. I love reading the Google reviews. Okay. So yeah. every now and then I go to start writing it down in my notebook. I'm like, just read it off your phone. What yeah, I, yeah. What okay. I, like I like. <laughs> you don't need I don't need to get carpal tunnel for something that's already been typed up. Uh, okay. So this is in the news report. When LAPD kills several member, members of the South Central Gang Street Thunder. The remaining members avenged themselves by way of a bloody war raged against the cops and citizens alike. Caught in the crossfire is Lieutenant Ethan Bishop, who is managing a skeleton crew at a local soon-to-be-closed police station precinct. As the gang members close in, Bishop forms an unlikely alliance with a group of prisoners in order to defend the station and the lives of everyone in it. Yep. If it sounds familiar, yeah. it's because it's based off of uh, uh, Rio, Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo. And, uh, who was the director of that again? I just said his name. Howard Hawks. Howard, Howard Hawks, who also did The Thing from Another Planet, which John Carpenter went to go make The Thing. So, so lots of lots of influence. And you sent me a really cool clip on Turner Classic Movies of uh, him joining uh, Robert. Is it Osborne? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I say I want to say Osborne sometimes. I know, yeah. It's like, Os- like Ozzy Osborne. Um, talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, how Carpenter originally wanted to do Westerns. Yeah, yeah. He loves Westerns. That's the thing. I would have never guessed because, like, the thing <laughs> is like a like a gold in Halloween or like you know diamond S tier yeah. horror films. It's crazy to think that this is the guy who wanted to do westerns. Yeah, well, it's like well, the thing Howard Hawks did the original thing as well. So it's it's, it's like Rio Bravo and the Thing are almost the same movies as well. It's like a group of people coming together to do something, and that's like his thing, Carpenter's thing. That was Howard Hawks's thing too. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the thing because once I watched that, uh, I, I, I was thinking about the thing. I was like, "Oh shit, this is the same yeah, idea but... of uh, you know a band of dudes getting together to stop this outside force." Yeah, and it also kind of makes sense as to why Carpenter really loves video games because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of like you know defense style games where you have to like hold the fort and not let, yeah. the, let the enemies come in. It's a very it, it lends itself to a very video game like um, mm-hmm. you know idea. Yeah, like it's always like about. His main character is always like this guy who has the job to do, and that's usually it. It's like with his later movies, Ghosts of Mars and Vampires and stuff like that. They're all the same basic movies too. Just a group of guys doing something, a group of people doing this. He said he I, he phrased it real really uh, interesting with the Robert Oz, Oz yeah, yeah thing. It was like a, a uh, like romance between men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of them like trying to like just <laughs> put everything aside to yeah. survive survive the night. Yeah, yeah. And it always lends itself like I think those style of of movies they always they always give you chills because like you it's so easy to like put yourself in their shoes. You're like, mm. oh, what would I do if you know a, a gang of members were coming after me? And it was like you know me and a ragtag bunch with like you know I'd be the guy under the blanket like <laughs> like like I'm pretend, pretending I'm just like I'm comatose. <laughs> <Just come with laughs> <laughs> um, so like this this movie, mm. 
it has that the, the really shocking scene that we kind of talked about before with them shooting, just 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 mm-hmm. icing a little girl. Was it Kim Richards? Yeah. In the beginning, yeah. she's like a Disney actress. Is she really? Yeah, she was a Disney actress back in the day. Oh, I didn't know that. Grew up to be a real housewife. Oh well. And then she's in the new Halloween movies. Oh, because she's a little girl in Halloween as well. Gotcha. Well, she does not grow up in assault on on. On Precinct Thirteen, it's a it's kind of it's still it was still kind of shocking it's for them just like to a, go up and blast you know shoot a little kid. Yeah, and the way it's just like nonchalant, like broad daylight. Yeah, he doesn't even look look at her. No, he just he just <laughs> he just he just doesn't care. He's like, hey, I want was it I want to twist it. It wasn't twi- it's not twist it's not twister or twisted or whatever it was. She wanted <laughs> <laughs> bam, and then it was it was it was all she wrote. Yeah. Um, I I really like the fact. That John Carpenter like scores pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Just, he, he always says it's because budgetary. Really? Like he'll tell you like I saw he's like well I couldn't afford to, to hire anybody so I just did it myself. Oh uh, okay. He always says that. Well yeah I mean I but it's like it's like that score is amazing. I really like the score in this yeah. one. Any any time you give that guy some kind of synthy yeah, yeah. sound, I'm always game. And it's and it's a pretty easy memorable theme as well. Yeah, his, his theme that I saw is one of my favorites for sure. I can see. I could listening to that made me want. To, I keep. I keep saying I want to get a record player and start collecting vinyls. <laughs> but like, but I swear to God, when I do, it's mm. going to be the incredible soundtrack, <laughs> Bride of Frankenstein with the Waxman soundtrack, and then and it's got to be a Carpenter mm. of something. I don't know. He's got an th- anthology out. Oh, where it has like all the themes basically. You can listen to. I think I've seen. It's it's pretty great. Those because Assault. I don't. I I always look for Assault the full thing, but I can't find it. So it has the theme one, which is plenty. Yeah, you got that'll, that'll give you. I think it goes into you know in the mouth of madness and escape and all that stuff. Yeah, big big trouble. Big trouble is a good one. Oh man, big, big, big trouble! Big trouble is a great one. Um, with this movie, it feels uh, there's something about '70s like cinema mm. that always just feels sweaty. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Like I like over the past week when uh, I went to the cinematic void, they showed the warriors again. There's all just, sweat. All sweat. Mm. I, what is it about the seventies that everyone is just com- completely sweaty or, or it feels mucky. It always feels, it feels like it's filmed on the hottest day of the year. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Somehow like they, they, they filmed 30 days straight, but they were all the hottest days. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I, I, I watch seventies. Like, two things about seventies cinema: mm. always looks sweaty, and blood always looks like it hurts. Oh yeah. I don't know what it <laughs> like. The colors of it. It's always like it's always a weird color red. It's not like today's modern. It's so it's 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 either too bright or like a little dull, and both of those always look painful. Yeah, it looks like it's legit. Like, it, I, like it looks fake and real at the same time. Yeah, I don't know how to describe, <laughs> but like it always makes me kind of like like wince. Yeah. Um. The action in this movie mm-hmm. is pretty damn good. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, this his first movie. It's like his first legit movie. Like this was the first. Yeah, he did Dark Star, which is like a student film, and like I think they got money to like finish it, but like nothing came of it. Okay. Like I saw it like his first like legit movie. So this was like the the the, the real deal. We yeah. have a budget. We're gonna. But again, I think he I think he was like a hired gun for it as well. Oh really? Like he's always like. A, he always wants to be like the director for hire type of. He always just wants to like be like a Howard Hawks. Oh, he was really into that guy. Because because like those types of directors were just like studio guys, and you would just make four movies a year. And it didn't like it was always like you just shoot whatever they they get put in front of you basically. Oh, so this does not feel like one of those. those but, but but it's one of those things where it's like somebody hired him, bam. Somebody hired him for Halloween, bam. Somebody hired him for 
So he's just like he's. That's how he, I guess, picks his stuff. He's just like, oh well. So, so a lot like the uh, the, the cowboys in, the, in those films, he wants to be the gun for hire. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically, roll into town, grab ba- the wanted poster. I'm ba- on it. Basically, shoot him out and, and then leave. Yeah. Uh, being that it was a hundred thousand dollar action, that's crazy action film in the seventies. The the shootouts in the movie feel really heavy. Mm-hmm. Like there's not there there's not like you know there's some movies where the action feels really really light and you know that mm-hmm. you know the hero that you're watching isn't gonna you know get shot between the eyes and you know this this movie it felt like every shot mattered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they even hint at it a couple times where like they'll they'll they'll, they'll have you know a uh, a run in with one of the gangs trying to get in through you know some window or something like that and they're like how many bullets you got I got eight shells and yeah, like, yeah this yeah. there. Because um, they only got like three at the end. Yeah, and it, and what I liked about that is like whenever whenever they like count how many bullets they have, I'm always like, oh, I hope they make it. <laughs> my bra- my brain's immediately like, oh, we gotta manage, we gotta manage our shots. That's right. Um, the one part that I that I love that felt a little silly, yeah. but I absolutely love is when there's this one room. Uh, that the gang members are trying to climb in. There's like, and it's, it has like, there's two, only got the one room. So yeah, somehow <laughs> there's, yeah, there's one room with like two windows yes. and they keep trying to come in. And, uh, Napoleon in the yes. film has, you know, some kind of rifle and they just one by one, like they basically yes. come in single file. They're like, yes. Hey, please kill me. Yes. And they just keep, he just keeps piling by. Yeah. And I just, I was trying to think of like, if I'm a gang member trying to like mm. go in there, I'm on the other side. If I see like 12 bodies stacked, that's not the, like no we're outside going, the window you're climbing up over them basically yeah we got because all of them just kept flying out so you know they're just stacked right there exactly i was like don't they see that like that window sucks like yeah. that's not a really good place to go into well i think they're supposed to be like zombie like type of i think they're kind of like more zombies than or like kind of that type of mentality okay so that's why it's more they're all just like slow moving Oh, I never thought probably about if that. they ran it, rushed it, they could obviously. They could have overwhelmed it. Yeah, they could have overwhelmed <laughs> Quite easily. Um, I really liked in this movie, I, I, I'm i a sucker for anything that is like a one location movie, mm-hmm. which this this pretty much is. Once you, yeah. once you get there and, and to the to the, the to the precinct and it's nighttime, like you're kind of there for the rest of the movie. Um, There's some driving around at first, but yeah, once you get there, that's it. I love when a movie um, gives you like the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I felt like I knew the, 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 uh, the layout mm-hmm. of, of, of where we were at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone just did a really interesting thread on Twitter about how Wes Craven used to do that. Mm. Cause the new screen movie came out and they were saying, uh, it, it, it's getting like good reviews. I think mm. people are really liking it, but they were talking about how like Wes Craven, uh, you, in, the first scream, like you knew the lay of the land mm. in yeah, yeah. certain locations, like the like one of the houses, you knew like what the upstairs was, the downstairs was. So when there was action going in there, you could visualize yourself in there. And I thought this would be, mm. you know, a couple of years before scream, <laughs> just a few. Uh, yeah. I thought I, I I thought it really knocked it out of the park. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's those types of dudes know how to shoot a movie and like give you geography. And same with like Walter Hill with his movies. He just made a new one, and you could tell it's shot by somebody who knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? So it's like like up against like other action movies who sometimes it's just you don't know where they're at, and it's disorienting. Yeah, and it's hard to follow the action. Yeah, you know, and the action is and like, usually because it sucks. Yeah, and a lot of times it's like well, it's all shaky and jumpy and eddy because it just sucks. 
And you know, it's, it's funny. Having just saw the Warriors mm. over the weekend, there, there's the the problem with action with if you're not shaking the camera mm. and you know cutting every you know twelve frames, is you do get to get away. You 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 have a certain momentum that works in your favor for it, mm. but you also the trade off is the viewer doesn't really see what's happening. Yeah. The problem when you go slow is sometimes like the hits don't look like. They mm. hit as much, mm. you know. People have to act like they're getting shot in the gut, and yeah. like it doesn't look as, you know, look as it looks, you know, very theatrical. Yeah. But I think I think the slower works better, mm. in my opinion. Yeah, because there's, there's some of that stuff in the Warriors for sure. Yeah, we're like, like some, I love, I love it. It's edited like it's such a good like he adds action even back in the day was like it's fantastic. But some of the stuff is like kind of like ooh, like type of stuff. Yeah. Which is like, well, that's you know they hold their gut and they you know kind of yeah. slowly fall back and yeah. it's a little cheesy, but I think I think for but then when he slows it down, some of those shots when he slows it down, it's like yeah, yeah, like when that chair hits with that late like the the lady. Oh yeah, but the chair hit is like like so cool. There's and I think I think those moments are, are... The, the fight in the bathroom is amazing. The bathroom fight's great with with the roller skating group. Oh my gosh! Oh, everyone was losing it. Yeah, at at that scene in the war. I just rewatched it. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then that final shot, where he tosses them through the bathroom. It's all slow motion. Yeah, and he just stands there like, yeah. And you know what's funny? The the that scene uh, in the Warriors where uh, the guys on the rollerblade, the very Irish looking crew, is going <laughs> after the Warriors in the bathroom in the New York subway. Yeah, yeah. they go into the bathroom and. Uh, no one, they can't find any of the warriors because they're in the stall. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of some of the shots in Assault. Yeah. When they look out the window to where all the cars are, mm. where they saw all the gang members, and then they don't see the gang members. They keep, yeah. they, they keep, like all the cars are parked. Yeah, and like, but like the, <laughs> but the gang members are gone. But like, yeah. we know, yes, that they're there. Yeah, yeah. It gives them like a supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, kind of feel. Yeah. Which kind of goes hand in hand with the, the whole zombie. Yeah, like I thing. feel like that's. I guess some people would be like, oh, well, why don't they just storm the mm-hmm. thing? It's like, that's not the point. That's not the goal of the movie. Like, that's not the point of the movie is to overwhelm these people. Mm-hmm. It's to watch them persevere and make it survive. I also He, he does really good characters that you want to see and, live. You know what I mean? And the way he sets up the characters yeah. in this movie I think are really great. Because you have <laughs> – it's basically a sheriff mm-hmm. or, you know, like a police officer um, – Teaming up with prisoners, yeah, and immediately, like, like Pri- two prisoners and like two like secretaries, basically, and like the the dispatcher, mm-hmm. like they the the two like ladies who work there, because the dudes just leave, like you deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like it's not my. But it's like the secretary and the dispatcher, like the female dispatcher, left there, and like the two prisoners, and but the the, <laughs> the, the idea of like the ragtag yeah. team coming, like the suicide squad like you yeah. know, just like a bunch of like weirdos who shouldn't work together yeah. and immediately putting a prisoner with you know some kind of like law enforcement person yeah. having to like fight for their lives together yeah. is always a great yeah is always a great idea cuz you know napoleon did some bad things apparently <laughs> no, napoleon was a bad dude but i i trust napoleon with my life yeah but he's cool I, I, he had the best lines, obviously. Yes, the lines in this movie. So, I, I, I think I had heard that it was based off Rio Bravo once, mm-hmm. but I then it left my mind. It wasn't until you you brought it back up that this is what it was was about. But I kept wondering. I was like, why are these? Why is this one guy's lines <laughs> so weird? Like it kind of felt it felt 
not knowing what it was based off, it felt so out of place because mm. he would have these like weird lines mm-hmm. that you know you you want you want to hear like that witch, like cowboy yeah, yeah, you know noise in the background. And then when you said it was based off Rio Bravo, I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Like these are these are cowboys. This is yeah. this, this is a, this isn't a cop. And a, and, a, and a criminal. These are these are cowboys yeah, <laughs> just basically. fighting for you know protecting the Alamo. Yeah, yeah. And like Napoleon has all like the the crazy lines that when you hear them, they make you laugh, but they're so cool as well at the same time. He's got a badass factor to him. Yeah, he's got a real badass factor. Yeah. Because um, was it when the one prison guard is explaining rules to him? He's like, Did you get all that? He's like, yeah, you mumbled a little bit. I get the general idea. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I don't sit in chairs too good either. It's like, it was just like, every line was like, what the fuck, man? No, every every, every other word he said was, was pure was yeah. pure gold. Um, the suspense in the movie was pretty good. Like, towards the end when they start to uh, come up with a plan of how to escape yeah. and they realize that there's this little grate that leads to the sewer that yeah, they can yeah. then go out of a manhole to get a car even those moments for a film that is in, you know, filmed in 1976. And I, you know, I don't know why I keep harking on seventies movies so much. There's something, there's something good and bad about them yeah. at the same time that like, I'm kind of infatuated with. You hate, you hate to be the person who's like, it used to be better back in the day. Cause they make good movies now too. Yeah. But it's always just like, sometimes you're like, damn, that's nobody makes it like nobody makes them like this anymore. Yeah, and but there's also like there's also like a cheesiness to them. Yeah, that you sort of you you kind of feel it in the moment. But like we were like mm. before we started recording, I was saying I'm glad we waited a, like a week to like record because mm. I, I I let the movie sit with me. Mm. And those moments that felt cheesy mm-hmm. are moments that, <laughs> that that I now reflect on. They worked. Yeah. So like when they're trying to like go out of the manhole to get the car, like yeah. I was very nervous for that character. Yeah. And he, and that's and that's in between people acting like they got shot in the gut mm-hmm. with no blood, you know. And that's 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 in between Napoleon giving us these these crazy cowboy one liners yeah. that I was still in that zone of being absolutely terrified for these guys yeah. wanting them to escape. Constantly asking for cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> you got a cigarette. <laughs> you got a cigarette on you. Well, I think it's it's unironic. It's it's. That's 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 why I always like in writing. I always I hate when I read somebody's stuff, and it's it's so like kind of very kind of self-referential and kind of like it can, it's like trying to like take take the piss out of it before you take the piss out of it instead of just being honest, right? And writing something even if it's cheesy or not, as long as it's honest and like unironic and just kind of like makes sense. Gotcha, and like genuine and just like. No matter if somebody thinks it's cheesy or not, that's how you feel, and that's how the characters feel. So it's like, yes, writing, was, those, writing those types of things. It's like a lot of people don't do that because they're think somebody's going to laugh at it or think it's cheesy and stuff like that. You could feel that even though it felt cheesy, John Carpenter just did not. It's, it plays it straight. Yeah, he did not give a shit. He's like, you play it straight as a western, and he's making a western. And it's a it's a it's a very interesting combination, like a western in the seventies mm-hmm. that's not in the west. That's no. <laughs> in, in, in the city, played absolutely straight. Yeah, it just works. Yeah, and it also has just like it's also just like it has it's very progressive because it's got this this black sheriff, these two female characters, and there's like the other black um, prisoner, and this random white dude. Like the random white dude is like the minority in this this movie. 
And he just needs a cigarette. Yeah, he just needs a cigarette. <laughs> but you watch it, and like, there's nothing really. You're just watching these this group of people just. You know what I mean? Where? How does this compare? Have you seen Rio Bravo? I have. Because I've not. I've not seen that. Is it? It's. It's good. I mean, it's 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 good. It's good. Okay. It's been a while since I've watched it. I used to watch it when I was up late with my kids, when the first kid was born, like two or three. Okay. I'd put it on because. Mickey Nelson's in it, and he's a singer, mm. and he has a song in the middle of it. He's like he performs this song in the middle of Rio Bravo, and like the kid every time we play it, like my my son Emmett would just like stop and watch. Nah, yeah. oh that's cool. So yeah, well, there, uh, from watching the the Turner Classic Movie um, mm. interview, uh, he must have really loved that movie to have remade it two additional times <laughs> yes <laughs> on top of on top of that he just kept replacing the ricky nelson character with like dean martin i think and then like james Conn or robert mitchum or something oh my god robert mitchum i think oh if it's people him. people who know these movies better than i do will will come at you but i don't i don't <laughs> i don't know those movies very well so um if they need to be corrected, let me know. <laughs> How did it hold up on the last watch? Now that you you've seen it a few times, was there anything that you noticed? Assault. Yeah, I paid more attention to the plot. Okay. I like I always forget about like what and why, and like the how, how everything comes together. Like I wasn't I paid more attention to that, and it really it really holds up. Yeah. I don't know. Like yeah, like. I was saying before, like his characters, the buildup, like the first half of the movies, are just as good as the action stuff. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Carpenter, get, Carpenter gets credit for that type of stuff. Because I was rewatching like They Live, mm-hmm. and like that's forever before anything really happens. And you're just watching Roddy Piper, like you know, just walk around and like get food and try to get jobs and stuff. And with the music and stuff, it's like it's really like it's really well done. Like that's a like, great point. He's like like at the be in the Halloween same way. The girls are like fantastic characters up until they start yeah i mean yeah until like all the killing happens just watching them like talk to each other and like hang out and stuff is like it's great that's the banter is great they're like you like them that's clever they're funny you know i mean he it's it's almost like he spends the first 25 30 minutes just humanizing yeah the characters which is what happens in most movies but like horror movies usually do it really badly horror movies horror movies they just want to rush into it yeah they want to scare the hell out of you. Or you have 20 minutes of really shitty buildup that you don't care about. Yeah. Because like, that's how I usually watch a lot of horror movies. I'm always like, the first 20 minutes, I'm always thinking back, like, do I like, if I if I rewatch this, am I rewatching it for the first 20 minutes? Or if I, Whoa, or, that's or, a great Or test. if I'm rewatching it just because the ending is cool. Like, why why am I watching it? Because if, if the first 20 minutes is not good, but like the rest of it's cool, that's fine. But then like, yeah, it's interesting that you brought up They Live because I saw that for the first time last year mm-hmm. at the Arrow Theater, mm-hmm. and yeah, the, like the first twenty minutes is just is is him going to the construction site, yeah. trying to get a trying to find a place to sleep, trying to get a trying to get a, a meal, hang out with Keith David. I mean, just yeah, it's just, it's just twenty talking minutes. politics, which like if you think of Car- Carpenter, I always think of Carpenter like what we watching some of these movies. It's like he's really has like a like a like a, like almost like a like a anarchist or punk rock aesthetic because he's like he's like well i'm not against the government but i think they like he thinks everything sucks right he's like every everything's fucked up and he's not like picking sides he's just like kind of like follows the people kind of in the middle the people who like will like have to who uh, don't give a shit but everything is affecting them yes type of thing 
Like Roddy Piper is like, he could give a shit about politics. Keith David, same way, but they just want to work. And it's all like the rich people and these people. It's like everything's just like fucking them over. That is a really. Same with Assault, kind of. Like the guy goes in and it's like, I just want to do my job. And then with the prisoner, he's like. It's his first day. It's like everything's fucked up and they, like, they just know it. Like the prisoner is the one who's not, like knows the world's a shitty place. You know what I mean? I. So. I think I think with this episode, same with Kurt Russell in the thing, he's just like it's just like the character is like I don't like any like everything is fucked up. I'm just trying to survive, even though this world sucks. I'm just I'm just trying to survive. I, think, <laughs> I Trevor, I think you just single handedly changed the way I'm going to watch horror movies now. <laughs> like I, 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 seriously, because like the, those <clears throat> when you talk about John Carver, I mm. mean there, there's not a lot of directors that come close. No, and that's like his through line. Yeah, is. These first twenty minutes, I'm just gonna let you know who this person is, mm. how they go about their day, and and by just following them, yeah, and you humanize them, them and creating like interesting characters, like an interesting dialogue, not just like shitty whatever. Yeah, it's like you're basically like, oh, these people are shitty. Like, who wants to watch that for twenty minutes? <laughs> no, no one wants to watch that for twenty minutes. But like, you're all. It, it also enables you as the viewer to relate. Yeah. So that when everything goes mm-hmm. bad, so when the gang members are, you know, trying to take over, you know, your police station, or when yeah. you find out that there's greater forces trying to stop you from yeah. telling the world that there's aliens taking over. Yeah, exactly. Or, <laughs> or you're trying to let everyone know that there's an alien trying to come inside yeah. your body. Yeah, you know, exactly. I should phrase that differently. Or uh, like, I mean, I think Snake Bliskin is the closest thing to like John Carpenter's like aesthetic as well, and like thoughts and point of view. Because Snake Bliskin, like the end, it's like I don't fucking care, like. Everything needs to be turned off and reset, type of thing. I'm gonna watch. Not to spoil it, <laughs> but but Snake Bliskin is like like John Carpenter, I think, to a T, probably. I need to. Well, that's on the list. Yes, to watch that. I did play Metal Gear, which they based, uh, you know, Solid Snake. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know, maybe maybe that's close. That's it close helps. enough. Yeah. But no, I'm gonna be watching the first 20 minutes because mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, first 20 minutes is just like yeah. Everyone always thinks. When I think about it too, is it's like, yeah, I like that first twenty minutes. Everyone always talks about how does it like the ending? Is the ending good? Yeah. Nobody talks about the fucking intro, the yeah. first twenty minutes. But if you got like the first twenty too, wow. Because you're gonna rewatch it. Like you have to still get through. Like that's what I always hate about when people talk about TV shows. It's like, oh, after the first five, they're pretty good. I'm like, that's that's a lot of time to get to the good stuff. Yeah. It's five hours of. Television show, I, it shows I got to watch before it gets good. Know, they're always like, like, don't watch it. That's the unfortunate thing is like, that, and that's what, um, like, I don't know if you watched the Oscars. Uh, did you catch any of the Oscars? It bits and pieces. Did you see Jimmy Kimmel talking about the um, the difference between film and television? And I don't think so. No. The problem with television is like movies. You got like that one shot. Yeah. So, television though, like, the you know, like. Uh, I, I've told like I want to watch The Sopranos and I've been told you know like skip season one just go into season <laughs> two because you know that they're trying to figure out what they are yeah yeah, yeah. and I just skip season one though that, exactly that's, I'm like that's a lot that? like Parks and Recreation yeah you don't watch season one they don't know what the hell that show was season two they got it they're same with The Office though too same with The Office I've seen all of The Office and I've I've seen them all though mm-hmm. but I when I usually go back to rewatch I usually start around season two yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's weird, but movies. Steve Crow's hair gets a little nicer. Oh yeah, <laughs> he gets his plugs does. in. He, he looks a little fitter. He like knows what's up. And... Forty Year Virgin came out. He got some. Yeah. Of, he got some of that. Yeah. He got some of that movie money. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's 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 that 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 honestly has changed how I'm gonna watch 
movies. Because now I'm just thinking about like you know just to go back to the Warriors. Yeah. The Warriors begins with every gang in New York coming to watch Cyrus mm-hmm. talk to you know convince everyone that they should be one big gang and they can they can rule. And it's a great intro. That's more like the first ten minutes of that one. Like still, that one's, that one's more distilled down to ten minutes. But that first ten minutes, I just hang out. Like, still, the, it it has you like right mm-hmm. from from the get. You're getting yeah. introduced to all these gangs, which yeah. a lot of them are just the costume department throwing whatever whatever they had. Like, all right, this gang's a bunch of pimps. Uh, <laughs> this gang, they got rollerblades. This gang, you know, they got the baseball fury. The orphans. The orphans. Orphans didn't even get the. They're girl. not even on my. They're not Aww. even on our radar. <laughs> Poor orphans. But no, I think I think that's a really interesting. Um, I don't know. It's just a really interesting thing to think about when watching like all the other movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess for the rest of the time now is like are those first twenty minutes. Worth what it? when I have to like when I had, like in a writers group or like reading somebody else's stuff too. My biggest com- com- complaints are usually the first 10, 20 pages. Mm. It's always just like you need to make these characters like people. Or- like, and it's, you, can, you can set up your plot too, but it's like it's like you need to make these characters like interesting right off the bat. And set the and set the tone. Yeah, set the tone. Like the other, like the other thing that just came to my mind. I'm I'm now like running through like <laughs> what my you know like Brandon Fraser just won. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves him from the Mummy. The Mummy begins with you know them in ancient Egypt. Yeah, uh, you it's know, a good start. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, I always I always tell them it's just like even bad movies have good starts. Yeah. What was the one I threw on randomly? What the fuck was it? I don't, I don't know, but it was it was something like no, it was Ishtar. I've never seen Ishtar. What's that? What's Ishtar? It's like Dustin Hoffman and uh, Warren Beatty. It's like it's big flop. Um, Supposedly big flop, but everybody kind of like likes it now and this and that. Okay. But back in the day, there was always Ishtar jokes and this and that. <laughs> it's a good th- title. But, but, but I threw it on one like one night when I was like coming up with this, like I kept saying to some writers, I was like you need like your first ten minutes, twenty minutes. Like you, your opening has to be good, it has to be catchy, and it just have to be like. And Ishtar has a good opening. Mm. So it's like even Ishtar, like a shitty movie, supposedly has a great opening. Like you gotta get that opening. Like, yeah, you right. You gotta get the other one that came to my mind was Sleepy Hollow. Like Sleepy Hollow's a good one, yeah. You know, they got that guy running around, and then all of a sudden, you know, his head gets you know lopped oh, off. Yeah. Like it, it tells you like what this yeah. Hessian. <laughs> is, and then when you is see about. Johnny Depp, what's he what's he doing in the first scene? Uh, it's the court. Yeah, with Christopher Lee. Yeah, see, like he's he's like there's a scene. I think and... he's investigating a body, and then he goes to the court, right. and, and then you know, yeah, yeah. you're going to a town, sleeping hollow, <laughs> yes. and you're like, yeah, baby, we're yeah. going there, we're going there. But wow, I never thought about Carpenter's first twenty minutes. Just, I mean, it makes sense when you say it. It sounds it sounds almost silly to yeah, say it out yeah. loud now, like, but like the I first ne- ten minutes or first whatever you want to say. But I never, I've never like thought about it and like discussed it before. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm seeing. His this this director to hold new life for this. This yeah. is a good episode. Because what else? What else? Can you think of other ones? We talked about vampires. Vampires is a pretty good opening as well. Vampires is a great. I mean, I wish you know. The first like ten minutes of that is like just the, the, the crew. first ten minutes is the best part. Yeah. of vampire. Yeah. The first ten minutes is what you wish the rest of the movie was about. These guys going door to door. Yeah. Hunting vampires. And then they all get killed within like five minutes. Yeah, they like, go to that motel. Fuck. <laughs> like like. Yeah, it's oh. all downhill with James Woods making fucking homophobic jokes at vampires. Every uh, it was funny. It's, <laughs> if, if Napoleon every other line in Assault from Pussy Thirteen is you got a cigarette. Yeah, James Woods' line every other line of vampires is something about you sitting on his pole. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like okay, <laughs> icky James Woods. But you said something interesting too that I, I wanted to bring up was um, 
because I never really think about it. And it's another thing that sounds silly to say out loud, but I, I just never mm-hmm. have like discussed it with anyone was how political John Carpenter is. Because mm-hmm. whenever you think of there, – there's two types of people. Like when we had the old Facebook page, anytime you brought up horror and politics, people were like, get horror out of, horror out of politics. politics. And I'm like, you <laughs> fucking mouth breathers. It's always been political. I always play It's always from like day one, yeah. horror's always been political. But whenever you think of political horror, I think one of the first directors that comes to mind is George Romero. Yes, because yeah. I mean he's he doesn't he doesn't shy away from it, no, yeah. and it's it's pretty on the nose, and he knows and he runs with it, and he doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, care, yeah. and that's what like makes it makes yeah. it great through all. It's yeah. unironic too. Like it, he's yes. doing it like he's it's it's like it's his being, and that's how like all of his movies are like that. It's like yeah, and it's not and it's an authentic take. Yeah, of of how he's seeing the world and yes. and and everything around him, but I never I never really thought about Carpenter as a political mm. person. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, especially in They Live. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it makes a lot of sense in Assault Precinct 13 as well. Yeah. I never I never really thought about that. I mean, I, I don't think he would say he was political, but I think it's 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 a certain political leaning or, like, like ideology. Ideology. Oh, yeah. Ideology. Ideology. That, like, it's it's political, but not political, but, like, it's it's still saying something. It's still angry about politics he like he's so angry that the world is like this the government yeah the government might suck people suck like it's like one of those things like it's not just the government it's everybody yeah there's a lot of a lot of suckage in the world yeah it's like you just kind of have to make your way through it damn all right and i think the way when you hear his interviews you can kind of see that the way he is like well whatever yeah it's like yeah he smokes weed and plays video games all day yeah that's all he's he's, got that's all he got to know but he probably still hates the same things, you know. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. Well, I I'm glad we checked assault on precinct thirteen off the list. I'm because honestly, I feel really good after I watch these movies. I'm like, fuck yeah, like I feel accomplished. Yeah. And it feels like it feels it it, it inspires you. Yeah. When you see like this movie, you're like fuck yeah, like this is because like it's almost like it's doable. Like he goes like I could do yes. this. Like we could we could buy a you know uh you know uh was it like sugar glass and throw someone out a window? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that, what's that got to cost us nowadays? Yeah. You know, if it, it it really John Carpenter is is got to be one of the more inspiring directors because like when you watch it like you, you feel like you can go out and do it. Yeah. Like he makes it look almost too easy sometimes. I think sometimes the restraint that he gets budget restraints that he gets is in his favor usually. Interesting. So, like, when he gets more money, sometimes I think he gets it gets a little lost. But once he gets restrained, which is I think all the time, like it's sometimes his creative juices kick in. Like sometimes bring up some really good stuff. There's a um, oh, who was it? Alex and I were just talking about this about how they give directors too much money. So you'll mm-hmm. uh, I think it was in relation to Colin Trevorrow. So he did um that one. What was his first indie film? The one the one about safety not guaranteed. Yes. Safety Not Guaranteed, low-budget movie, and then it was like, Jurassic World! And you're like, huh? Exactly. Like, why did you go from that? And um, I don't know if it was Spielberg or someone was talking about, like, how directors, or James Cameron, talking about how, like, directors used to work their way up. Yeah. You do, you know, a you know, $15,000 film mm. out, of your, out of nothing. And all of a sudden, you got, you know, your $600,000. And, yeah. and you're getting, then you get your first million. Yeah, yeah. 15, 30 million. Then you get your 30 million feels like the standard bold action. Like, yeah, yeah why is the after And then, you know, you, you go out there. Um, now it's just like you do an indie movie and then you do a Marvel movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 but they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not any good. No. They're not any good. No. And uh, 
that I could see how the constraint would work in favor for Carpenter. And honestly, I think it would work in favor for a lot of directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly. I was like, I, <laughs> I was like, I can't get any money. But all I ask is a little bit of money because I don't need a lot of money because like, I like the challenge of having to do something with no money. And you got it. Yeah. You, like, yeah. like the product was made. Like, like yeah. there is a feature film. Yeah. Under that belt. And that was kind of like the, 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 the challenge. That was like the goal. And that was like the purpose. It's like, well, I don't have any money, but I'm going to figure out how to make this movie without any money. And a lot of people was always like, how are you going to do this? Like a lot of people on set or actors, it was like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to pay for that? I was like, I don't know, but. I'm, but I'm just, you're here. But I mean, yeah, it's like, <laughs> we're just going to keep going until that day happens. And. But I feel like that, that sounds like every director's <laughs> story. Is like it, how... I mean, it should be, but a lot of people are too scared to take that leap. Yeah, I saw, uh, I think it was Ryan Johnson talking about how he didn't start making movies until he like felt comfortable. Like he was making enough to yeah. live because he was like, he's like, he's, <laughs> I don't know what the reasoning was, but I could just imagine him seeing a bunch of his friends trying to make movies while they're <laughs> struggling and then yeah, like yeah. it just goes out of your butt. If you, if you got like a little, if you got like a little comfort, yeah, something to fall back on, like it's going to be okay. And I think it puts you in a better place to when you're making something like that too. Like mm. that, you know, everything's not like, you know, on the, on the line. Yeah. For it. Oh man. I love, I love talking about movies. <laughs> this shit's so, this shit's so fun, dude. Oh, so I had one thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Uh, because I've been going to seeing a lot of stuff. I've really ramped up seeing uh, movies on thirty five millimeter because we are uh, we're mm. a Los Angeles based podcast, so we have you know just a wealth of theaters. Yeah. Showing movies on film, and I'm not like a film snob. Like like. One of the films I saw over the weekend was digital, and it was fine. Mm, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, but it was. It still had the theater experience, and it was. It was Brian. It was De Palma's blowout. Mm. Um, but I, I've been seeing a lot more movies on thirty-five millimeter, and it's it's a LA's a weird place to see movies with because people like it's not like in the Midwest where like you know they show you know Wizard of Oz at you know your local multiplex or whatever like that. Mm. And people are like, oh no, like when people go to see a movie in LA, like they're gonna go see a movie in LA. <laughs> yes, like they're very serious about it, yeah. and especially in the New Beverly, which is probably yeah. my favorite of all of them because they have like a no cell phone policy, mm-hmm. no talking, but like they're very like mm-hmm. to them it's like almost like you know a place of worship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's that's it's it's weird. I always I always tell the story just to. Like, I always tell the story about going to see the Bill and Ted double feature, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and somebody getting thrown out of Bogus Journey for talking. And they were flipping out, but I was like, see, you can't make jokes at Bogus Journey. No. You can't do it here. No. It's a funny movie, but you can't. You can't. No one wants to hear it. You don't fuck with it, no. No one wants wants to hear it. Um, (laughs) And so I was was thinking today about – like what all movies we've seen. Mm. Yeah. Cause after the, you know, cause it's weird. I think today was like the day, like the three year anniversary of like when like shit started getting shut down. Yeah. Yeah. From COVID. Yeah. So it was like really weird to think about. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, since then, once everything started opening back up, we started going and seeing more movies and stuff like that. And I was like, I was going through all the, all the, the films I've seen. Mm. And I wanted to ask you, has there ever been a movie that you've seen that, took a minute to like to marinate and then it flips for you that you loved the movie like you leave the theater and you're like oh like you leave the theater enjoying it, mm-hmm. it you know had a great time but then like a month or two later it something triggers you and it, it hits you and you're like oh my god i love this movie and i'll give you an example why 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 you think okay. of your answer so 
we went and saw Spartacus at the New Bath. They had a one night only showing, sold out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I had asked uh, uh, our friend Jenny if she wanted to go see it. She was like, yes. And it was funny before the movie started. She was like, "Is this a movie you've always wanted to see?" And I was like, "No, I just, <laughs> it's a movie like I knew I should see." Yeah, yeah, you know. And I didn't even know it was directed by Stanley Kubrick until like I, after <laughs> I bought the tickets and stuff. And we watched. We they did the whole. They, they did the whole meat and potatoes. You know, they yeah. did the overture in the beginning. You know, where they play music for like ten minutes before the fucking film yeah. starts, and then they did the ten minute intermission. Then they did the overture again, yeah. and then finish up the movie. So it's about it's like an over a three hour experience. And I, I loved I really liked the movie. Yeah, yeah. I love Kurt Douglas. Uh, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, Ace in the Hole from mm-hmm. Billy Wilder. Um, it's, it's so weird watching his movies because all I see is Michael Douglas because yes. they sound <laughs> like. And we really, I, I think we both really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. And today I, I, I put on some movie scores because we had a, it was a nice rainy day yeah, today yeah. here in LA. And it's just like, bro, I love it. <laughs> um, and the love theme. Mm-hmm. from Spartacus Plate. And it is a beautiful piece. I mean, that is like 67, like when they had like the full orchestra yeah. and shit, dude. Like, it is just a, it is a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. Mm. And, 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 and it, they played the first few notes, like, da-na-na, and then the da-na-na. And I got like chills. Yeah, yeah. And it hit me, like that experience of watching it in a packed theater, mm. on film. Yeah. Um, that, it, it it resonated more than what I thought. Yeah. And I didn't know it until that song played, until those four notes played. Yeah. My whole body went, you didn't even realize in the moment how much you enjoyed that movie. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like that's only ever happened to me one other time in my life. And I wanted to know if that's ever happened to you where you saw a movie and months later you were like, oh shit, I think I really loved it. Oh God, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I don't really... That's usually the opposite. She's like, "This was great," and then as you think about it, you're like, "Oh." Also, you go. So we, yeah, so while I'm going up, you're. Yeah, no, no. I can think of more moments where I was like, "That was fun," and I was like, "Wait, that was just fucking loud, wasn't it?" Interesting. <laughs> well, for the people listening, I would love to know. Follow yeah. follow us on Instagram at Hollow Weekly, and we're still on Twitter while it's while it's around before it gets blown up. Yeah, uh, we're on there on Letterbox too. I I loaded up the other day, and I got I got I'm starting to build the habit of you need like, to get in there. And... Yeah, and it, when we, you were talking about the cinematic void. Um, you could tell who was at that marathon because they yeah. were <laughs> reviewing all the movies they were I, showing. I, I can look at the new Bevan uh, schedule and usually like some of the people I follow, you can tell that they're always going to the new Beverly. Or, That's hilarious. Or I, like any of the movies around here. It's always like, Oh, I want to go see that. Oh, these five people did. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to, I, I need to get on there. Actually, yeah. I'll give you the longer for Hollow Weekly. Okay. I'll just so we can, I'll so just we, do it. we can both, we can both start just, to, uh, we'll be, we'll, we'll be like an old couple who shares a Facebook account. Yeah. <laughs> You ever see those people? Yes. It's like, it's like Tom and Shirley's Facebook. You're like, they always have to sign up to each, each person. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's, yeah. like, it's, like, <laughs> it's such a boom. We'll be, we'll yeah. be boomers on Letterboxd. Um, but yeah, the only other time that happened to me was, and because and this it ties in with the rain, whenever it rains here, yeah. not, I always say this, and Alex is always like, it's not every time, but whenever it rains here, um, I think we've done it like maybe three or four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've put on My Neighbor Totoro. Because okay. it's like the perfect rainy day film. Have you seen on HBO Max? Have you seen the like the screensaver? Yep, <laughs> yep. Where it's just the sounds from the studio. Game. And it's, it's just it's it's like it's like the nature nature. Shots. It is so relaxing. It's amazing. It's I played like it on the other day. It's wonderful. And I was, I was like, I don't, I don't, I've never seen any of those movies either. I don't watch any of the Miyazaki stuff. I haven't <gasps> seen any of it. Whoa, you haven't? 
But I just put that on and like like me and the kids were just like doing a puzzle and like they have one at the new Bev next month. Oh, it's the one that Michael Keaton voiced the pig. I don't know anything about it. I think it's got a couple of titles, okay. Rocco Poco or something like that. But it's also known as like the Red Pig or it's mm-hmm. got it's got a couple of names. But Michael Keaton plays a pig in a, okay. like a war plane shooting down stuff. And he has the only thing I know is from their their trailer where he says, "I'd rather be a pig than a fascist." And I'm like, I saw oh, that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, that looks like my kind. Of, and it's Michael fucking Keaton. So yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. Um, but the only anyway. other time, the only the only other time I ever like realized I love a movie is when uh, I was at Wright State and I had to write a paper on Spirited Away and like I hated anime. Like I had there's two things I always hated: musical theater and anime. And I I've, now now it's the opposite. Like I'm listening to I didn't know they had a, a sequel to the Phantom of the Opera called Love Never Dies. There's a song on there called Till I Hear You Sing Again. Really, nice dude. It is a great song. And I've lightened up on it. I've seen a lot more anime feature films with Alex because she's a big, you know, she's a big weeb. She loves all that mm-hmm. anime stuff. And so now I've I've learned, like, and pl- I think the Miyazaki stuff is, like, a different ballpark. I think I've been waiting now for my son to get old enough so I can watch it with him. Okay. I'm hoping he can get into it. And I was almost last week with, like, the, the screen-saving stuff. I was kind of, like, trying to, like, I think, I think gauge his, like... His interest. I think you could start with Totoro, and that's pretty good. But I, I was writing a paper on Spirit Away mm-hmm. about how I didn't like it, and then as I was, <laughs> I'm not joking. I was writing about how I didn't like it, yeah, yeah. and then as my brain thought about it, yeah. midway through the paper, I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> shoot, I think I really like this movie. So for the listeners, I'm curious if this is if this is, is if this is just a weird thing that happens to me, or if this is a phenomenon that's happening to anyone else. So no. for the listeners, mm. uh. Let us know on, on our on our on our uh, Instagram letterbox wherever you follow us five star review on iTunes <laughs> five star review on iTunes um, if this has ever happened and what movie it happened to it doesn't have to be horror it could be anything I'm just I'm just curious for the for like the movie going experience if that's mm-hmm. ever happened to you I think it's a mm-hmm. it's weird because I'm telling you those four notes played from Spartacus and my whole mm-hmm. body went hey remember that film you fell head over heels with and I was like what I, th- I remember like kind of liking it but then I was like the experience of it in that theater. With the new bev and the mm-hmm. new bev, I have I talked to you about this. Do you ever feel like you time travel in that theater? <laughs> yes. It's, okay. You definitely do. It's a weird thing. So they because you come out, you're like, oh shit, it's, it's mo- like it's, it's 2023. <laughs> it's weird because the movies, the stuff that they play, they are so great. Like I don't throw as many soirees as I'd like to, but when I do, I'm great at it because I can. I know how. I know the right candles to light to get the air mm. smelling the right. I know the right music to play. Yes. I know. I, I know which. I know how loud to play it enough just to fill the room. Yeah. You know. I know what kind of drinks to serve. You know. I know. I. You know. I know how to set up the vibe. <laughs> what I. What, the new Bev does what I like to do, cinematically. Yeah, yeah. So they show you trailers uh, from that time or from that director. They show you cartoons mm. that are, are relate to the thing. And it's even sometimes commercials like from the era, yeah. and it genuinely feels like you're in a different decade. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I was in the '60s watching Spartacus. I felt like yeah. I was in the '80s watching The Monster Squad. Yes, and it's just it's just something that happens, and like yeah. it, it it just sucks you into the movie. It's it's really weird. Yeah, we need to have those cats on. Whoever programs the new Bev, that'd be great. Yeah, I would I would talk their ears off. That's why I want to have Cinematic Void on. I'm like, listen, how did you how do you decide yeah, what's in the horror? Movie marathon. How do you get this going? All right. Well, I had to. I had to ask that because I, I feel. I feel the same thing happening with assault. On. I mean, I, I don't go to the theaters as often as I do anymore. Well, we're changing that now. But then, like while we were, we talking, I was like, the well, last thing, like Nope. I think Nope kind of like sits with me really. Oh, like, I cool. think about Nope a lot. I liked yeah. watching Nope the first time. I was like, yeah, this is great, and I, I, I kind of always think about it constantly. 
Interesting. Just because it looks fantastic and it's like like the characters, it's like yeah, it's just like it's just a vibe to that one. It's like yeah, nope. And the cinematographer came up with a new way to shoot day for night that looks that's like crazy. actual that looks like actual nighttime. It's crazy. And the fact that he did not get nominated, I think that's actually the biggest. The nope, the, the, the nope snub is a crime. I I I I, I agree with that hundred percent. If you invent a way to shoot a movie. Yeah. differently that serves the story because mm-hmm. a lot day for night always looks bad it looked bad in mad max fury road it looks bad everywhere well they like correct like just who knows what that original footage looked like <laughs> like it's just like who knows yeah and they did something weird by like shooting it on film and there's there's a whole process i mean the guy looks like he would either come up with a new way to shoot yeah, day for yeah. night or a new bomb yeah. <laughs> like like and you don't know which one luckily it was the, yeah. the, the filming technique but I think that's There's a sliding doors moment there somewhere that where he was like, <laughs> exactly. Could have went, could have went either way. He was picking a class for college, but science and film. <laughs> and he went to the film class instead of the science he, one, on so. accident. Yeah. And then he was like, Oh yeah, I think I kind of, the think, science was filled up with the film. Ones, I think, so. I think I kind of like this. All right. Well, let us know if you, if you've ever had that experience. I think it's, I think it's a, a very interesting one. Let, let mm-hmm. us know if you, uh, also, have watched Assault on Precinct 13. If you like it, mm-hmm. where does it stack for you in the Carpenter rankings? That's something I still got to think about. I still think The Thing and Halloween's up there. I don't know. I think he's it, got like a stack top five. I mean, even top seven or eight. Ooh, that'd be a fun one to die. Yeah, I mean, it's into. like like I've, I've ranked them on Letterboxd, but when you look at it, it's like oh man. Like when you watch like I watch Prince of Darkness, it always gets inched up, inched up. Interesting. So that's one of those ones where I saw it first, I didn't get it. But the more I've watched it, the more I'm like, yeah, this fucking, as the kids say, slaps. It fucks. It slaps. <laughs> <laughs> the kids say. Well, what would also slap is a nice five star review on <laughs> yeah, iTunes. Yeah, so nice make too. sure, make sure you youngsters, <laughs> you gifted, <laughs> talented youngsters at the Xavier Academy, give us five stars. We gotta like, go to bed now. It's like eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock. We gotta, we, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta get out of here. So until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. May I have your attention, please? Get you, Barbara. I, I don't know what's real anymore. All right. Something even more terrible than you. Oh, God.